one of the hardest things I learned, especially when I was working my job and working in an area at the same time was I was like, oh my God, I'm so scared. I need to have my job so I can pump the salary into the company. What are we ever going to do? Because we're not making enough money in the startup to be able to support our lifestyles. And so that mentality meant I was working every hour of the day. It was actually kind of crazy. And then when I quit my job, all of a sudden, I would have time just to think more, which would make the company do better. And so that was my first point of realization where I was like, whoa, I actually do not need to be working all the time. It's counterproductive. Hello, welcome to Active Ingredient, a podcast all about personal and professional growth. I'm your host, Sophie Wheel, and I'm a deeply curious person who's on a mission to help us all come home to ourselves, to truly come alive and to live lives that we genuinely love. I'm also the founder of Nude Nation, a brand building and PR agency that exists to help mission-driven brands and founders get clear on their why and spread their truth far and wide across media, podcasts, speaking engagements, and so much more. I started this podcast because I was so desperate to find my purpose. I wanted to interview people who I felt figured it out because honestly, I wanted that for myself too. And what I've learned along the way is that the answers are all internal, every single one of them. We find them in the silence. Validation is fleeting if you don't validate yourself first. And the more we nurture the relationship with ourselves and learn to listen to the deep voice inside and actually act from that place, the more the external starts to reflect the internal alignment. I believe that the more we can integrate ourselves holistically, the more whole we'll feel, which is why this podcast is a mix of my greatest loves, personal and professional growth. You can expect conversations that range from how to deal with imposter syndrome or how to build your confidence, as well as tips and tools on how to get your message out there in the world. My biggest wish for you is that you prioritize your joy, see yourself first, and that you come alive every single day. Welcome to Active Ingredient. I am so glad you're here. Hello, welcome back to Active Ingredient. I am so excited for you guys to hear this week's episode. I had such a blast recording it. And before I get into the guests of this week's show, it's two guests. I just wanted to give just like a little, you know, check in, see how you guys are doing. I've been in New York now for a little bit and it's been interesting. It's been raining a ton. Today's kind of gorgeous and it's definitely feeling a little bit more like fall. Next week, I'm heading to LA. I have not been in LA since 2019, which is crazy. I'm really excited to get back there. We're doing a lot of things for Nude Nation, for some clients, and I'm recording with some amazing guests. I li- I actually like can't believe. I feel like I'm, I've been blocking myself from even thinking about it too much because I don't want to get in my head. But yeah, I'm recording the podcast with a few guests that I just like can't believe that we're, <laughs> that I'm talking to them. Like one of them is one that I literally like talk about on the show all the freaking time. And for those of you in the Geneva group chat, which is by the way, completely free, you all know who it is. I told you guys. And if you want to join our amazing Geneva community, the link is in the show notes. It's like I said, completely free. It's really just like a place that I wanted to like bring everyone under one roof. It's just a conversation, a place to have conversations to bring all active ingredient people under one roof. It's all like-minded. People who just have like really amazing like resources and ideas and guest suggestions. And just like my hunch is that you guys would all be friends with each other because every time that I hear from one of you, I'm like, wow, that person would be friends with this person or like 
these people in Miami would definitely like have such a blast going to a yoga class together or whatever. I just want to bring everyone together. So those of you in the Geneva know who it is that I'm interviewing in LA and I literally cannot wait and I can't believe it. And I'm excited. So that's kind of what's going on with me. I have some life updates to share probably in the next few weeks. But other than that, I think we're ready to get into this week's show. So the guests of the show this week are probably my favorite like husband and wife co-founder duo that I've recorded with, I think ever, or just like not even that I've recorded with, just like a husband and wife duo that I really, really love their energy and really respect what they've built in such a short amount of time. And I think it's just like a testament to them just doing things the way that is right for them. Like not really going by rules or societal norms or whatever, but just actually building something that is true to them and playing by rules that are true to them, which is, it's like not groundbreaking, but it's actually very rare. The guests of the show this week are Sif, uh, Sifat Hader and Nish, her husband, who are co-founders of Array, which I'm sure you guys have heard of. Um, well, I've actually had Sif on the podcast before back in 2020, right when she launched Array or when they launched Array. It's just been really cool to see the evolution of the brand over the course of the last two years, see just like how far they've gone, their team growing the way that it has, being really like just thoughtful and just really smart about how they have grown this business in a really sustainable and purposeful way. So I wanted to have them both on the podcast because I am obsessed with their dynamic. Nish is like secretly an influencer on social media. He's literally one of my favorite follows on Instagram because he doesn't post often. He has like kind of like that Michael Bostic vibe where it's like doesn't post much, but then when he does, it's like, holy shit, this is so true. Or like, this is so freaking funny. So yeah, I think that he is an influencer on the rise. Just mark my words. They are just the real deal. They're so, I feel like they're both so intuitive and they do things that just feel right for the company, for themselves, for the moment, for the culture. Like it just feels really good overall. Their dynamic between the two of them is awesome. And I think that they have a lot to teach us. And I really think you guys are going to enjoy this episode. I learned so much. I got so many amazing takeaways. They're a brand that I just love to follow. And I actually consume their products. I purchase their stuff myself and really believe in them and their mission and just their energy more than anything. So with that, welcome Sif and Nish to the show. I hope you guys had a blast and I know you guys are going to enjoy this episode. Guys, finally, the two of you, like I've been dying to meet Nish in person. Sorry, Sif. Like I know that we're friends and like I've literally met you in person a few times, but like Nish is literally like the up and coming He's influencer. a star of the show. He is a star. Like he, a star is born. A star is born. So this is going to be the pressure that we're going to put on you to like actually I start. I actually can't, <laughs> but I am excited. I'm ready. You guys give me so many compliments. I am going to make. Yeah, please. Okay. So you guys are in New York. I want to hear about your love story. How did you guys meet? In college. Yeah, we met 10 years ago. No, no. it's We've been dating for 10, been years. Dating 10 years. Okay. So we met, met 11 years ago? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We met a long time ago. Essentially, like when we met, I honestly really did not like Ziff. 
this was the girl that I met in our residence where I was like, this girl's way too much, way over the top. She never thought I was very be, full of myself. Yeah, really full of herself. And so I'm an engineer, okay? So all my friends are really nerds, smart, really nerdy. nerdy. And so I was like, who is this? How were you involved with their friend group? So we all lived in this like college uh-huh. res. And essentially like my first year, I lived in a different dorm. Basically like engineers typically lived in the dorm that Nish yeah, was yeah, living yeah. in. But that was the only dorm that like actually took people like who were like second, third, fourth years. So like I was in a different res altogether my first year. And then I moved into this one, which had like a lot of engineers. And then we met through my best friend who was friends who become Ooh, friends yeah. with him. Yeah. Who was not an engineer. No, just no, like no. had crossed over to the engineer. Yeah. Land. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, like, you know, yeah, I think yeah, like yeah. friends group just merged because it was like, you know, you're really going in the into place. the nerdy territory <laughs> and like you've got to friend them. But this was also the expat uh, residence. Because oh. most, yeah, yeah. most, let's be real, like a lot of engineers just happen to be expat kids you yeah. know they work really fucking hard and then they yeah, yeah. So we had all the middle eastern kids all the like canadian people all the bengali people everybody was like a big mix a melting bag. pot yeah yeah it was really it was really fun yeah but and so yeah, then you was, saw Sif and you were like, no. I was like, Sif, I saw Sif, I was like, no, this is not it. It was because I was, so I was running for the social chair for like the residence council. Mm-hmm. And I put up these posters, which I think were really funny. <laughs> it was uh, from that movie Anchorman, you know, where mm-hmm. it was like, I don't know if you know, but I'm actually a really big deal or something <laughs> like that. And people who knew me got it. And by the way... I was social chair, so like clearly it, it works. fucking worked. She's been a marketing genius since day one. Yes, I didn't get it though. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid, I didn't get it. But anyway, you know, after a long time, this is all worked out because my friend's like, listen, Nish, this girl's into you. She's really hot. So you were into him first? No, I... 100%. Okay. 100%. Relax. Well, at least Sif was good at flirting. I did not know how to do this, okay? Oh, so Sif was good at flirting. And so Sif flirted her way into my life. And I... I did not flirt. I thought you were funny. <laughs> well, I wanted okay, I, so, I hung out with you like okay, a friend. Whatever it was. <laughs> and then my friends were like, just, you know, this is fine. Like, she's really actually good. Don't worry. Like... This is a good uh, combination. And so then afterwards, we just had such a good time together that we ended up kind of being together. Yeah. Your dynamic is amazing. Thank I you. feel like you're definitely like making a case for people that have completely different interests <laughs> and that it works. It's It really does. Otherwise, it would be so boring. Totally. Like I feel like we always bring like different perspectives into our relationship and push each other out of our comfort zone. Yeah. And I think it just makes life a lot more interesting and I think totally. it makes us good co-founders too a thousand percent I, we're gonna get to that but I also want to talk about like the decision to actually start working together I know that you had been in your career for a long time and very scary to actually just leap into something that you know we don't know the outcome I think at the time you guys had not fundraised right when Mm-mm. I want to hear from you what that was like like why did you decide to actually take a shot at this so I just started a company before this and oh, you did? I, didn't I did. Know that. Yeah. Which one? It's a it's a technology company called Tandem. It was in like it's a hardcore remote technology company. Okay. And the hardest thing about the company was my co-founders. I just could not find the right co-founders to build this company with. And so I was actually working on this for like about two years. We raised money in the old company. It was working well. We we're building technology, but I could not get it to scale because I didn't have the right team. What was what was missing from the founders? It was just the ability to have like a lot of trust to be able to work really hard on something. And also, Sif and I were in a pretty like strong relationship at that point in time. Yeah. Where it was just like, 
well, if I wanted to spend time with Siv, I have to spend time with Siv. And starting a company is so difficult. Mm-hmm. And you can't actually do both. I think it's actually impossible to do both at the same time. So it's I was, not impossible. It's hard. It's really It's hard. impossible to spend time with your significant other if you're starting something. I think it's very, yeah. very it's difficult. Like, it's really tough. Like, yeah. I think that it just takes so much out of you mm-hmm. um, that, and I think most founders will kind of attest to this, that like when you're in it and you're in your early years and you're literally giving it every single thing that you have, you know, other things, I'm not saying that they go away, but they take a They're little bit more priority. Of, yeah. Right. They take a little bit of a backseat. So there was a point where like Sif was becoming less and less of a priority because I was working so much on this thing. And also the same goes for Sif because Sif was also in the travel uh, blogging world. She was an influencer that was becoming a priority. She was traveling all the time. And so it became a point where I said, okay, clearly I really want to start a company. Like when I did my vision board or I'm looking like 10 years down the line, I'm like, I see myself working for myself. With why? Wait, did you come from entrepreneurial parents? Like, why do you have that itch? I think it became really clear when in my head, it was like, I will never get the chance to do what I really want to do in the world if I'm working for whatever company it was for. And so initially it was always about making money. Mm-hmm. But there was a point where I started making enough money. I was like, well, actually, this is not at all about making money. You started making money with that first one. First, yeah, with the first thing, and yeah. even at my job, it's like there was a, I was I was making a quarter million dollars a year yeah. uh, on my technology jobs, right? And at that point, like you're very comfortable, like that. That's a that's yeah. a lot of money for an individual to make. And so at that point, I was like, well, actually, I'm still not satisfied. Like this is not about the money at all. This is completely about being able to do whatever it is that you want to do without having someone telling you whether it's right or wrong, and just being able to do that. And so that was when I knew, okay. I have to do this regardless. And so that, that was why I was building my other company. But then building the company with the right people is the most important thing. I actually think that 90% of startups fail because they don't have the right team to found it together. And so for me, I said, okay, well, first of all, I actually really want to be with Sif. And second of all, I want to start a company no matter what. So if you start something together, that would make a lot of sense. And so Sif and I were always talking about this. And I was telling Sif, well, Sif, you also can't just be an influencer and blogger your whole life. Like that trajectory actually does not seem really interesting to me because I was looking at this. I was like, I don't see how this will scale to something really, really large. Mm -hmm. And so I was telling Sif, you should think of ways to expand your career. And so I think she was like talking and thinking about that. And she's the one who came up with this idea. And that's when I was like, okay, at least we have an idea here. Sif has a lot of conviction in it. I really don't know much about this, but that's how really good companies start. Mm -hmm. When you're naive, you don't know much about what's going on. And at least I had the right team member because I trusted her more than the other ones. And I said, okay, on paper, we have a creative, we have an engineer, we have an idea that actually makes a little bit of sense. This is enough to, you know, go into it. And so when we started, we actually put all of our wedding money into the company. Which is like one of the best stories I've ever heard. (laughs) Why? How? Like, was your family upset? No, we were supposed to have a wedding in Spain. We were supposed to do it up and all of that. But Nish and I... As we were going through the process of planning it, it was like we were both so much more excited by the idea of a business. And we thought we could have a much bigger impact doing that and have it really fill our cup in the long run over a wedding. And Mm -hmm. our whole thing was, okay, like we can have a wedding party at any point. Which you just did, right? Well, I was... Mm. Yeah, Yeah, we had like a small... Anyway, it was like very small. But yeah, we were like, we can have this like wedding party that we want to have, like destination, whatever. We can put it... We can do it at any point that we want to in life. But I think that there's like certain junctures in life where it's like, it feels like the right time to go hard on something. Mm -hmm. You, You have this idea and like, 
I don't know if you've ever read the book, uh, Big Magic. And she talks about this idea almost being a collaborator with you. Okay? And it's this like living, breathing thing. And an idea comes to you, Sophie. And the idea talks to you. If you don't choose to collaborate with that idea, that idea goes to someone else. It's almost this like living, breathing organism. And I knew in the depths of my soul that Array was that idea. And I was like, I we have to do this. We just have to do this. And nothing is as important as this because this is going to be successful. I just never thought that it would not be successful. And so I think we both had the conviction to put everything we had into this, knowing that anything else can wait at the end of the day. So I love that. And it's not a normal way to think about things. I feel like that's very rare to find two people that both are on the same page of making that type of decision. Yeah, because when Sif and I were speaking about the wedding, I think a wedding is very important and really special for yeah. a lot of people. For Sif and I, it actually isn't. Like yeah. to date, even right now, getting married was not the highlight of our lives. We have so many other parts of our lives and days and events and things we do together that are the top 10 things of our lives. And being married is like not one of them. Like we love each other. We knew we were going to be together for life and we're married. Okay, great. But like we've been married and... I don't think that there was this fundamental shift where I was like, oh, between yesterday and today, today is the day. I love you more. Like, <laughs> totally. no, it's like the same this amount is of This really love. resonating with me. I've been with my partner for 12 years, not the whole time mm-hmm. together. But this, I, I think I talked to you about this when we went to coffee. But to me, it's the same. I feel like an actual wedding doesn't feel like something that I want to invest literally all of my money into right. for a one time thing. Yeah. Like I'm an experiential person. Yeah. So like, and I love my friends and family, but it's like, How can you just extend that? Like it's a a life thing. It's not a one day thing. And I think that you had, I mean, it it kind of like all lined up for you. Like you had that idea at the time and had the funds to be able to. Yeah. And I think like, I I think we're both lucky that we were so aligned in the fact that we, we were both really entrepreneurial. Neither of us really thought that having a wedding was the thing that would prove how in love we are. And don't get me wrong. Like, I think if like a wedding matters to someone, I think that they should like that. That's good. That's good. It's just. It wasn't for us. I'm curious. It seems like you guys have like a really great dynamic and feel like you can tell each other when like someone needs to stop or whatever. But do you guys like proactively have boundaries or like check-ins that you have as a couple or like how do you actually have like a separation of church and state, if at all? I'm, I think maybe more sensitive to it or Nish doesn't realize when like he's at that point maybe. Mm-hmm. But I think over time we've realized that vocalizing that it's important to like, okay, like, let's not talk about Array right now. Like, let's focus on us. Like, mm-hmm. having those boundaries is really healthy for our relationship. And for example, when we go out on date night, we try not to talk. Well, we don't talk How? About How do you do that? Like, I literally, literally go to breakfast with McGuire and I'm like, I can't not talk about what no, I'm doing. I mean, look, we'll, we'll talk about like, <laughs> oh we'll talk about exciting things, you know, when we're yeah. out on date night. But, you know oh, there is like a shipping error or, oh, oh yeah, my yeah, yeah. God, like this marketing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to talk about the things that are going to bring me down, which they do on a day-to-day basis. Like, yeah. let's hold that until like I've had the chance to fill my cup and and then totally. get back to it. You know, otherwise I don't think that, I, I think it's really important to have time where you can think creatively and like step outside the minutia in order to like refresh your mind, right? A thousand percent. And I so, actually love something that you've said about how you thought like being successful meant that you were booked solid, that you were like in meetings all day long. And I thought that was so cute and like so funny that you said that, but it's actually so true. I feel like so many people are, are just like busy booking for the sake of just yeah. being booked, oh my God. but that you've had that moment of clarity and you're like, now I just need space. Yeah. So can you talk to us about like that moment? And was it scary to kind of like 
walk back from being so involved? I think that when you're young, and for me, by the way, like to give your listeners some background, I've never had really a corporate job. Okay. Like I worked at a magazine. I left and start like, and started working full time on my blog when I was like, I don't know, like I think 24 or 25 years old. So in those formative years, when people typically have corporate jobs like Nish, for example, I never had that. Okay. And so I was like, when I was younger, I was like, oh, it must mean you're successful when your day is filled with meetings and like <laughs> obligations. And I was like, cool, cool. Like that's what it'll mean when I was younger. And then as Ray started to grow and as I started to progress in my career, I was like, wait a minute. No, like this is taking away from my ability to actually do that really important strategy work and have that big picture mentality. If I'm constantly in there in your like everyday, like kind of like busy work. Yeah. And so not to say that meetings and like those things aren't important. They, they really are. Right. But I think it's about still ensuring that you have time to think creatively. And during the winter break, for example, we actually try to step away from our work so that we come back and we're actually able to reflect on ideas and really figure out like, I guess like refocus and figure out, okay, are we on track? Are we still following our vision? Or are we just kind of focusing on the next revenue goal or, you know, the next product goal, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I've started doing this really way more frequently than once a year, Yeah, like at least every, even like every two to three months, mm -hmm. just I'll notice myself being a slave to the calendar slowly. Yeah. And this happens when you have everything clear in your head and you start executing on it and then you start going deeper and deeper and then all of a sudden your calendar is blue, 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 blue. It's, it's really crazy. And so I think it's just important. And this is the really cool thing about when you're running the companies, you can just literally delete everything off your calendar and nothing will ha is okay. Like you can actually do but that. But there's so much fear there. There's so much yeah. fear that you do that. Like I'm going through that right now. When I, and I think that when you're like leveling up to different points, that fear and like it actually takes that. It takes you not being in it and actually empowering your team to do things. But there is so much fear. So like, was that ever a thing for you guys? For sure. I mean, it's it's a very difficult thing to do. It's It's very opposite of the way your mind and body wants to do certain right. things. But I think that when I saw the benefits of this, when we're doing it every December, where the whole team is off, we're off, and then the leaps of progress you make just because you're able to think so much clearly, it just means how important the ability to think is. And so I think one of the hardest things I learned, especially when I was working my job and working in an area at the same time, was I was like, oh my God, I'm so scared. I need to have my job so I can pump the salary into the company. What are we ever going to do? Because we're not making enough money in the startup to be able to support our lifestyles. And so that mentality meant I was working every hour of the day. It was actually kind of crazy. And then when I quit my job, all of a sudden, I would have time just to think more, which would make the company do better. And so that was my first point of realization where I was like, whoa, I actually do not need to be working all the time. It's counterproductive. That realization was like, okay, every three months when you're feeling like that, that is when you need it the most. That's what are some red flags? So, right. We were actually just talking about this, but over the last little while, anytime we check in with each other, we're like, oh, I'm so tired. And we said this on a Tuesday, like this, this Tuesday. And we were like, we just looked at each other and we're like, we're getting really close to burnout right now. Because if you on a fucking Tuesday mm -hmm. are tired that's not okay. You know, like it's okay to be tired on a Friday. Sure. You've had a long week, but to wake up on a Tuesday, you've had one, technically one workday, but not really because you've probably worked through every single mm -hmm. weekend, like for the last month. 
that's a red flag. For sure. I think if you, we ask each other this and we'll answer exactly how we feel, you will say, oh, I'm tired or I'm sleepy or I didn't sleep enough last night. Those are really strong flags. The second one is just, you're really, like I said, a slave to your calendar. You're like, oh my God, I can't do anything until I look at my calendar. That means you're way too booked up in what it is you're doing. I usually like a thing where I'm like, okay, I have a couple of important things, but I can move something around if I really wanted to, because I want to do this, or I want to think about this. And so when you get to that stage where you are like, I must check my calendar because I don't know what I'm doing because I'm such a slave to it. That's not a good place to be in. And listen, I will say that, you know, right now we are basically knocking on Q4's door. This is normal. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like any startup founder is not going to tell you I'm relaxing Q4. It's really the busiest time of year. It's about being self-aware because I remember this happened like in May. Like in May, we were feeling the same way. And it's not like, you know, Q4 was like that. It was just that just the regular grind Mm -hmm. had like really taken a toll. And so we took a break in June and it was really, really helpful. So I think just being self-aware that like, okay, if you're really getting to that place where, you know, you're waking up tired, you feel like there's just not enough hours in the day any day, no matter if you're working weekends or there's no boundaries anymore. There's no time. Like self-care is a very foreign word. You're not sleeping well because your work is keeping you up at night. Like these are all like very big red flags. And it happens systematically whenever we're close to burnout, where like my sleep isn't as good. That's what it is. It's like people think it's like from one second to the next. And it's actually like a a ton of tiny little things that happen like sequentially. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, right now, I mean, we have to push through this because it's busy and we can't take a break right now. But for me, like I try to manage that by still having like boundaries in place. So, you know, ensuring that I'm not compromising on like certain routine habits that I have, like, you know, going out for a walk in the morning, working out, journaling, like those are things I'm trying, like I I, I don't compromise on no matter I love your busy. morning routine. Mm-hmm. Love it. It's like my sanity though. Also, you know? like do you ever have, I'm actually really curious because I have a fucking insane morning routine yeah. too. Do you ever find sometimes that it's like too long? That <laughs> I'm like, sometimes I'm like, is this counterproductive? Like, I've, I've cut it. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't have time to meditate every morning and it's okay if I move it to the nighttime. It's not going to be perfect every day. Yeah. It's, I have like three non-negotiables. I will never compromise on that. And that is walk, workout, and journal. journal. Those are the three. My journaling doesn't have to be, it's not this like long, luxurious thing. It's literally like five minutes, yeah. you know, of mindfulness, 10 minutes sometimes, whatever. I just kind of like tune into what I need on a, yeah. any given day. And a workout is like, if I don't get that in, what am I doing? You know, totally. it's like your business. Yeah. I'm spacey. Yeah. You know, and I'm just not productive on days where I've had literally no <laughs> movement or I, I just getting up and going onto my computer. Those days are just the worst of my life. I'm dead. So I, I just, it's like not productive for, for my you business. not to do that. Yeah. A thousand percent. Like I'm not going to show up. I know. I, I'm like trying to find like a creative accountant that understands like all of the things that you need to do as a founder mm-hmm. from like a mental health standpoint. And I'm like, this is a business expense. <laughs> like if I don't do this, th- this, th- nothing else happens. Like, I don't think you understand. What's your morning routine? Do you have one at all? I actually really don't. I am so, so interested. bad at morning routines. I literally wake up and then I go like I am going like computer screens everything yeah, computer you just screens, go everything. Don't you, do you find that that's like a masculine thing I feel like I, I know a lot of dynamics where like the woman is he very... has he has anxiety and he just doesn't realize like how bad it gets from doing this constantly and like there's certain things that is non-negotiable for me throughout the day so like for example I'll work out every day no matter what yeah I play basketball a lot that's my favorite thing to do I will eat well that like those three are, I always do those things yeah yeah, yeah. but 
it's not like I have to wake up and do these things to get my day going. I can literally wake up and like go into a really intense meeting and my brain will work. And I'm not saying this is good, but it but you 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 know yeah you know how you function yeah, yeah. I'm curious like when you hit those moments is that when you fi- when you like hire for someone when you look at your calendar and you're like oh this is yes. not it yeah I think that just like the company or your even your personal business whatever it is I think that as you're doing well it'll go through inflection points mm-hmm. and I think people need to get better at realizing that you need to grow the team. Yeah. So it's so scary. Yeah. That's where I'm at. And I'm, it's like, you know, like you see like the money coming in and then you're like, well, does it make sense to do the investment right now before? Like, you know, like you have other things that you think that would come, but like, you're not entirely sure. You can do so much more, Sophie. With I know. People. Like, I know. I know it. Like, yeah, I know it I as know we're speaking. Yeah. yeah. But like, it's, it's hard to do. It's expensive. Like it's yeah. an investment for sure. But I remember when we brought on our first hire and I will never forget this niche. I don't know if you remember, but it was back like early days. We were doing the packaging at our apartment and Nish is like, we really need to hire someone. Okay. And I was like, I don't know if we should hire someone like I can keep doing this. And he's like, Sif, we really need to hire someone because you are putting all your energy into packing and you should be putting it into like X, Y, Z, you know? And so we hired someone and it was so scary, Sophie, like, and think about it. It was like, you know, just a packaging role. Like now in retrospect, it's like, what, what were we thinking? It was totally, like but total it's just job. a leap and it's, a, it's the unknown. So I it's was scary as fuck. so scared. It was truly one of like, it was the best decision we ever made. Yeah, I mean, it's a no brainer <laughs> all the time. Like literally as you're growing yourself and your business, your hourly rate is just going up. Like the, your value per hour that you have as an individual right. is more expensive. Right. And all of a sudden now you who is so knowledgeable because you've done all these things are now spending your hourly rate and doing a very small thing. Right. And so it just doesn't make sense. And so you want to hire people to be able to take over your responsibility so you can level up. Yeah. And also as a byproduct, they will level up with you. Totally. And slowly, everybody's leveling up over time. Like everybody gets that opportunity and you just have the opportunity to grow the company more, have more people. And this can literally happen for a very long time. You can have thousands of people working there and they're totally. all leveling up. What has been the key hires that you feel like have completely shifted things for Array? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So we, our types of companies have very specific kind of departments. So we have people who are in the marketing team, in the events team, in the customer support team, mm-hmm. operations, and then performance marketing. So in each one of those departments, usually it's just me and Sif wearing multiple hats. But so for example, we got, we hired someone to just manage operations. Once you get to a point where you're really moving orders, you got to make sure those orders are getting to people. That, oh my God, like I have to call it out because I remember last year so clearly we were in Tulum at, it was like a trip that we done with three of like my best friends, Mm -hmm. literally from when I was born. And Nish was there. We didn't have someone heading up operations then. And he was answering customer support emails and freaking the fuck out, like freaking out. Okay. My best friend was a consultant at Bain and she's like, what the hell are you doing? This role needs to be fulfilled immediately. And he'd already had someone in mind for that role. And the minute that hire was done, it was like the way we leveled up because Nish's attention had suddenly gone from this stuff, which was like not just customer service. It was like making sure that we had enough inventory, like making sure we planned it on time, like dealing with supply chain issues, all of the things that are really important. It it just shifted. And he was able to 
put it towards burning, sorry, like putting out an actually like very large fire that we have. Yeah, I think that there's literally there's 10 fires burning in the company mm-hmm. all the time. And so the fewer people you have, the fewer fires you can focus on. Right. Yeah. And so the moment that was done, I went on to the next one. And that was also a really important thing to solve. And so just the more people we had, the more things you could solve. So the better the company, the bigger the company. Totally. Became. What is the vibe? Like, what is the next phase of Array? I feel like you guys have launched some really cool new products since I last talked to you. What's the end goal? Honestly, we are getting so excited about really solving people's problems more and more. I think that one of the things that you've realized through this is just we are really able to solve people's chronic issues. Like there's people with IBS, IBD, Crohn's just taking our products to help solve their digestive issues. And for Sif and I, we've done so much research, spent so much time in this space that we want to be a company where we can come and actually solve your problems, like in a digestion world, in the hormone world, whatever that might be. And we really want to be able to solve them for you. And so for us, we're we're doing so much work and research around that because that is really the end goal here. I think that there's a long way to go before people come to a place and say, okay, I trust this company because they make really good quality natural products with good for you ingredients that can actually solve my problems in under an hour. Because that's our goal is we, we solve problems. You guys, I tried the blow. I was in Miami. I never get bloated, but I, I always buy it because I just have it on hand. And I like that it's a product that you actually don't have to take every single day. It's like a Advil, which I need right now, actually. <laughs> but I did a video in Miami because I, I was like, I'm, I'm going to test it because I feel like people say that in like 20 minutes. And I literally tested it in 20 minutes to the T. And I was like, holy shit. I like, and it's weird because not to be TMI, like I didn't go to the bathroom. I actually was talking to one of your investors was a client of mine, Vantera. And I was talking to him about it literally out. And I was like, I probably shouldn't have said this. Like this guy, whatever. But I was like, literally nothing happened. It wasn't like it went anywhere. I'm like, where is it? Where is it going? So where is it going for the bloat people that are listening? So it just helps optimize your digestion. Okay. So it means, I mean, again, like we've talked about this in the past, but essentially like digestion is like quite a complicated thing. There's many ways that it can Mm -hmm. malfunction, you know, gas buildup, slow transit times, your body doesn't have the enzymes to properly break down the Mm -hmm. food, you know, so you can be bloated for all of these reasons. Essentially what the product does is it helps you more effectively break down that food and kind of get rid of those really uncomfortable symptoms. And that's how it eliminates bloat. Do you guys have clinical studies on Array? Yeah, we actually just conducted them. Yeah, we conducted the clinical trials. And essentially what we did is we went out and said, okay. It's expensive to do. Oh, very expensive to do. And it also took us like six months to do them. But essentially we went out and we said, okay, we want to actually make claims around this thing we're trying to do. And so we gave them to a bunch of users who have these types of symptoms, so bloating, severe bloating symptoms, heartburn, constipation, IBS type bloating. And so we gave it to them and we said, okay, go and take before and after pictures after you take the capsules within one hour and also take pictures after three months of taking them. And so essentially we had this trial conducted over a period of six months. And yeah, you could really, you tell like like 86% of customers felt reduced bloating within an hour. And so we were like, well, this is amazing. It's like, it came up with that's insane. Yeah. And not only does it work, obviously, like in under an hour, it's also has accrued benefits. So if you take it over time on an everyday basis, it does overall help with digestive health as well, which is we talk about it a lot less because I think people just want something to mm-hmm. help them quickly yeah. as well. And that's it's like when you're in need. Yeah. When you're in <laughs> need. And I think that there should be solutions there mm-hmm. that 
have people moving away from chemically laden pharmaceuticals to solve their day-to-day issues. And that's kind of what we wanted to solve. But over time, if you take it, it has a compounding benefit as well. And it does reduce the digestive health things going wrong, essentially. So did you guys plan on being in calm and bloat for a like significant period of time, build your, you know, niche? I guess there's like this huge conversation on like niching down and like really starting with one product and understanding, iterating from there. Is that advice that you would give to someone who would be launching a product right now? Yeah, for sure. I Mm -hmm. think that having fewer products is really important. Because the longer you are in market with fewer products, the more people recognize and understand what you're doing. Yeah. Like educating customers and building a brand around a product is very difficult to begin with. Mm -hmm. It takes time. It takes a lot of time. And so if you have 10 different products, it's very difficult to actually educate someone for what each one really does. Mm -hmm. And so for us, when we launched, we were like, whoa, maybe we'll do more and more products, but we never needed to because the education still needed to be done. And the company was still growing so fast with just these products that we said, let's keep going. And so now, you know, people really understand the ethos of our company, what we stand for, what we do, the kind of ingredients we use. And so when we expand into something is really thoughtful as well. I think that there's a world where when people start companies these days, it's like, okay, I'm a really good marketer. I'm really good at Facebook ads and I'm really good at influencing. Mm -hmm. So let me go and market the crap out of this product. But the most important thing is really to have a product that works very, very well. So putting all your effort into product development is the most important thing. And the rest of it is just a lever to help you grow the company. It is not your business. I think the product is really the business, at least if you're trying to do something really innovative and new. Yeah. And also that's kind of what keeps people coming back, right? Like, yes, you know, we have good marketing and, you know, we know how to speak to our customer and build community. Yes, all of that is very true, but the retention rates don't come from all of that. It comes from a solid product. A thousand percent. So, you know, if you go to market feeling like you need to produce 10 different products, like ask yourself why you're really doing it, you know? And quite frankly, like if you focus on less, I think you can come from it from a quality perspective as well. And so that was really important to us. And and by the way, when we were thinking about going into market, we were like, is our two pro- two products like too little? Like, should we go into market with five, three, four, whatever, you know, just the regular thoughts mm-hmm. that come into a new founder's mind. If I were to go back, I would tell myself, leave all of that behind, just go to market with the two. It was the smartest decision we've ever made. Niche down, listen to customer feedback because... Two is one. I would have done just one. Yeah, honestly, yeah. would have maybe even just done one. Yeah. What would you have started with between the two? Bloat. Yeah, definitely yeah, bloat. For sure, yeah. If you launch with fewer, you can really hone in on customer feedback because what they'll give you is really specific and you have less of a range to work mm-hmm. with and tweak. And then when it comes to developing products in the future, you can really have the customer be a part of your brand, right? Everything that we do is very responsive to our customers because we started out with like such a small product selection mm-hmm. that we can directly respond to what they feel like they need. Right. And that's kind of been How do you communicate with them? DMs, emails, we meet with them. We host customers. Who's like dinners. the catch all, like to understand and actually like bring that data into next steps? To be completely honest with you, I think that what Siv is saying is one part of the process. Yeah. Where we like talk to them and we, and we get a lot of feedback from them for sure. Yeah. But like nobody told us that, oh, we want a bloat stuff. Like nobody said that. Nobody right. said, oh, we also yeah. want a common supplement. I think the reality of this is that, okay, you listen to your customers 
to get feedback from them to maybe guide your thinking. But really, this is why you're an entrepreneur. This is because you know. you're creating something that nobody else really knows that they want. Right. So a part, a, a, I think a bigger portion of this is that we understand what the world needs. We have an idea of what the people really, really like. And then we kind of cross check if that's what people are feeling. And then sometimes we're just like, no, I actually disagree with people saying I'm going to launch this anyway. And so this has happened in the past where a perfect example is like, oh, I would never really take the bloat and calm supplement together. I just too many pills for me to take. I don't want to take four pills every morning kind of thing. But here people are taking that. And then when we launched it, that's the trend we're seeing. People have no problem taking these when it actually solves your problem. So they will say something because you're asking them a question. And so a portion of this is also how you ask the question. But really, it's kind of, okay, we really know what we want to solve here and the bigger picture. And I think that people will tell us indirectly how to do it. So like a lot of customer feedback, it's not like what product do you want to see next? It's more so having conversations and like really gauging, okay, what's really missing? What are you dealing with on an everyday basis? That really comes from actually like deeper conversations, you know? And then there's also, we triangulate that with doctors understanding, okay, like what are people's biggest pain points? What are the challenges that you're working with? What are you trying to solve? That kind of helps us land at the right product because it's the professional and they're, they have a very like macro perspective with, mm-hmm. of what's going on. And then conversations with people within like our community already yeah. who those are our existing customers, like they'll tell us what's, what's bothering them. I love it. I mean, you guys are obviously super, super onto something. I do want to talk. We talked on our podcast on your influencer marketing strategy and just marketing in general. I am curious about how you guys are thinking about it in 2023 and beyond and like how big TikTok is for you guys. So in terms of, I guess, how we're thinking of it, I think that influencer marketing is shifting Mm -hmm. in, in general. I think community is really important. I think right now the trend that we're seeing as well is that Customers want to be treated like influencers and they should be because they are, you know, I've been saying from day one that customers are influencers. They're telling their sister, their mom, their dad, like whoever it is, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I think that's kind of how we've been going forward with our strategy as well. That yes, like, you know, we gift to influencers, but we also gift to customers. We have dinners with our customers and those dinners are at the same level of detail and over the topness, quote unquote, as we do for influencers. Like which one has more return? I mean both in different, in ways, different ways. You know, when we have a customer dinner, that loyalty is insane. They tell everyone they have truly never been to an event like that because brands don't have dinners for their customers. They just don't. You know, they don't have these like influencer style activations for customers. It's actually at those dinners where they're just talking about all of their problems because like that is not a survey monkey survey. You know, that's that's where we're just having dinner. Tell tell me about everything you're you're going through. And they really do. And that's where like, oh, wow, that is really cool. Now we're getting some really good information on what you're doing. So that's really helpful. But also we're just literally building such a strong community. And we do this in all these major cities like New York, Toronto, Mm -hmm. LA. And we're going to do them more and more. And that's how we build a good community. We've always been so selective about who we work with, like so selective, not just from an ROI perspective, but there has to be that initial brand alignment. I mean, whoever we've worked with, they've talked about our product. I mean, there's always yeah, organically, there is some sort of a a relationship already before a paid component comes in. And 
I just think that consumers can see right through like, okay, like this is just another paid ad. And so I think that the person that we're partnering with genuinely has to love the product. And I'm not going to lie, Sophie, I've gone into our Shopify, been shocked that some of the influencers that we worked with are subscription customers. They don't need to subscribe. I would send them anything that they needed at any time. No, and I didn't know, but it was like, you know, I was trying to create an order for them or whatever. And I'm like, why is she on subscription? Like she does not, but that's the level of like love and trust that they have in the brand. Do you mind sharing like who is an influencer that is like the one that like really pumps sales for you guys? Melissa Wood was the very first. She put us on the map. She's Um, how I heard about you guys. Yeah, we were, we were like a month into our business when she talked about us and I will never forget it. All these sales were rolling in and and we're like, what the hell's going on? Like, this is like unheard of. And then someone DM'd me with a screenshot being like, Sif, Melissa Wood is on a live with like Mona Vand, I think it was. And she's talking about Array. No one had ever heard of us. So that was the first person. And we we're always going to be eternally gr- grateful to yeah, her. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And is she you- still the one that is like, I don't know if you guys want to say like, but the one that's like constantly bringing in new business. There's a lot. There's, I mean, Lauren Bostic, yeah. incredible. We love her. Yeah. Um, again, like another like very, very like loyal fan. I mean, she's always there. I text her. Like She's like a mentor. I mean, yeah. she's incredible. Okay, well, I want to know right now at this moment in time with Array, what is the thing? It doesn't actually have to be with Array. It could just be like within your relationship in life. What is the thing that you feel like the most alive in? It can be something that you do or a place that you're at. Like, where do you feel the most alive? Why don't you give me an answer from work and then from life? So we make it it a little bit more clear. Perfect, perfect. Okay, on the work side of things, I'm feeling so good about the team growth right now. We are just like on a roll. Like I'm feeling so good about the people that we've hired and also the people we're bringing on, like my team, Siv's team, the people that we are. You have divided teams? Yeah, you have divided teams, yeah. Cool. We never uh, touch the same thing. Yeah, we, we're working two That's completely so separate interesting. parts of the company. Our teams are is iterated. We've hired more people. We have upgraded a lot of parts of the team. We have some amazing contractors. That's doing really well. So like that is a really exciting time to just be there because- yeah everyone's getting inspired by the new people that are coming on and they're just like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like I'm really working for a company that's growing and is doing really well. So that's really exciting. And then from a personal perspective, it's really good right now because this is the busiest it's ever been. But Sif and I are just like gym rats, okay? <laughs> we are just hitting the gym all day long. And so every day, like over time, we've been hitting it so hard. Like just last week, we're like, Holy shit, Sif, you look really good. And Sif's like, Nish, you look you look huge. You've never looked like this. I'm like, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> That's amazing. That's, That's so amazing. Cool. I love it. Oh my God. Okay. So for work for me, Jim Rats, I never thought I would be described are, as such we a are thing. That, oh, so God. Fit and frugal, we call it. Me and Sif call it fit and frugal after. <laughs> I'm dying. Yeah, I see you, Sif. You're out there doing your weight training. Oh yeah, it's it's God. honestly, it's uh, therapy. <laughs> Truly. It's, it like just helps me get That's it all out. So um, I'm going right after this. Where? Uh, At the box. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm going like right after train. So from a work Jam perspective. Jam rat. Jam oh, rat. <laughs> I just, your brand is shifting I, as I we're speaking. I never thought that this word would be used in conjunction <laughs> with <laughs> my name. <laughs> Like, I just, I did not expect that. Here we really are, though. Here we are. So work perspective, I was honestly going to say same answer as you, but I will change that and say that I really like 
when we come up with ideas, like me and my team, to drive direct ROI, okay? Because I do a lot of brand and creative. Mm -hmm. I make all the money in the company. Yeah. So (laughs) for, so, so no, 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 no. So it would, Nish would always say, Sif, it's your job to spend the money and I'm the one who makes it. I'm like, I'll show you. (laughs) So over the last few months, it's been like, yeah, Nish has been killing it, but I come in real clutch and I'm the one who surpasses our revenue goals. Okay. I'm sorry. (laughs) Who got Melissa one? That was me. All right, all right. Okay, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, Did everything snowball from there? It's true. All right. But no, Nish, Nish honestly, Nish is like, uh, of course, we wouldn't be here. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I'm just trying to give you some it's props just here. Funny, it's just yeah. funny. <laughs> but yeah, so th- I think like that's been super, super cool. And to kind of iterate on what I do, like my side of the business. So that's been really exciting and really fun. And we have like so many cool initiatives going on. It also, honestly, there is nothing more exciting to me than working six months in advance. And I have to say, like, we are really on top of it. And I'm very proud of myself and that's my amazing. team. That's <laughs> so amazing. that's ex- like just I, I feel alive, truly. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> From a personal side, I would say travel. On a day-to-day basis, yes, like gym for sure. It's like my endorphin rush. Gym rat, rat, apparently. (laughs) But yeah, I would say travel. Like when I feel burnt out or kind of in in need of inspiration, like that's kind of inherently what I turn to. And typically like when I do come back from a trip, I just come back with way more ideas. I'm someone who gets ideas from my environment as well. And so when I kind of step away from my day-to-day, that is super, super helpful. So yeah, like I would say travel is my answer. I love it. And then I asked you this, but I'm going to ask both of you again, and we'll close it out with this question. For someone who's listening that wants to live in alignment, maybe start a business or maybe just excel at their current job, they might be feeling stuck or lost, but want to live in alignment. What advice would you give them? I would say it's, I think like I touched on this earlier, but if you want to live in alignment, I think it's really important that you have non-negotiables in your life, certain things to ground you and keep you coming back to your purpose. So like, I think going inwards is really, really important. So like, whether that's like journaling or meditation or however you have like some form of mindfulness. So I love that. For me, it's actually the opposite. I think that you should really go outwards. I find that when I'm stuck, it says on my list of things that I refer to when I'm stuck, it says, go get help. And so when I'm really stuck, I will literally go and tap out my network to find help from someone who can help me figure out what I simply cannot figure out. And there's a lot of smart people out there and they're willing to help. And you just have to go find that help. I mean, if people listen, they can reach out to us for help. They can reach out to anybody. People will really help. Where do you go to, to ask for help? So literally I'll be like, okay, I'll go to our investors. I'll go to my friends. I'll go to anybody with any sort of a connection that remotely will be in my world. And then they will refer me to someone and they will refer me to someone and I'll, I'll find my way, my way there. And so even if you go to the closest person who could maybe even take in the right direction, you keep hopping and you'll find yourself, you'll get yourself the answer. This is how I solve a lot of the problems in the business. I, I didn't know how to solve. And I asked and I asked and I asked and I got to the right person. And so what about alignment outside of the business? I just go for it. go to <laughs> It has all the answers when it comes to that kind of stuff. So I'm just like, hey, Sif, how do I make myself not stressed? And she's like, just do this. I'm like, oh, thank you. Just do this. Just do this. 
And then it's all solved. Just go like this over his head. Just just do this. You guys are so cute. You're going to go so far. I just know it. You're crushing it already, but it's just going to continue to thrive. I'm so happy that you were both here. Thank you. And yeah, hopefully next time you'll come back and we'll have other things to talk about. Anytime. This was so amazing. You guys are the best. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for making it all the way to the end of the episode. You have no idea how much it means to me. And I really do hope that you left this conversation feeling lighter, more in tune, and with some tools to apply to your own life. Please feel free to reach out to me via DM on Instagram. I would absolutely love that, which I have linked in the show notes on any feedback or guests that you want to have on. And if you do have a second, I would really appreciate you giving the podcast five stars on Apple Podcasts and a quick review. It really helps getting the podcast in front of more people like you. See you next week.